You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Bernard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Oof. Fuck, man. So, uh, yeah. As of this recording, it's 7.34, August 24th, 2023, and about a half hour ago, uh, news broke that uh, Bray Wyatt has passed away. Uh, the day after, uh, a friend and mentor, well, a yeah, mentor, and he said, i be Terry Funk, passed away. So, like, I am in a, uh, as Ron Burgundy would say, I'm in a glass case of emotion right now. And uh, it sucks. Uh, yeah, the last two days have fucking sucked. Um, I mean, uh, you know, Terry Funk, you know, passed away last night or yesterday and, you know, you kind of not you're, you're not that you're expecting it. It sucked. It still sucks. It's always going to suck. But you knew, like, you know, he was seventy nine. He had a full life. Look at the career he had. Everything he put his body through, and you know, when he passed, it sucked. But you kind of you were eased into it, and now. Today, uh, I was literally sitting on my couch, you know, just relaxing, waiting to come up and do the show. And like three minutes after, like I, I'm scrolling and I see a post from Triple H like three minutes before announcing the death of Bray Wyatt and help me make it help me make it make sense. I don't, I don't get it. And, uh, I'm not going to speculate. I don't know shit. All I know is um, over the last two days, uh, the pro wrestling world has lost two great minds in the business, two great talents. And uh, the shame of it is, you know, Bray was 36 and you imagine all the things he could have done, you know. But uh, until we find out what happened is... I mean, it's a shame either way, but, um, what a, just fucking one, two punch of a shit, a one, two punch with a, a shitty fist right across the fucking face with this fucking news. But, um, you know, Terry Funk was a, an awesome human being, 
um, went to ECW, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm a young kid in the fucking locker room and, um, I'm sitting there like I'm supposed to mouth shut ears open. I'm sitting there. Tommy dreamer walks over, grabs me by the hand and brings me over towards Terry Funk. At first he grabbed my hand. I go, who am I in fucking trouble? What would I do? He goes, come with me. So I, I follow him and he brings me over to Terry Funk and Terry Funk's like, ah, oh, blue meanie. God damn. Ah, oh, I love it. Blue meanie. Blue meanie. You need to go down to the junkyard to buy a, buy a blue car. It's going to be an old piece of shit. <laughs> Big old blue car piece of shit. And uh, drive it to the building. Drive it to the show. And wherever I go, oh man, look at the blue meanie in the blue car. And then, you know, you just put a big B on the side of it. Blue meaning a blue car, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah, I'm just sitting there like, dude, I'm a year and a half in the business. And here I am, fucking Terry Funk's giving me fucking advice. And it's just, yes, sir. Yes, of course. Yes, yeah. I will do that right now. Yeah. And uh, just to think, man, fuck. You know, every place he's been, everything he's done, all the talent that he made, he made so many, so many stars. Especially in ECW, you know, he made Tommy Dreamer, he made Sandman, he made Sabu. He, um, you know, he had Ian and Axel Robbie as his few good men, his henchmen. You know, he's always putting over the younger talent where an older veteran might have said, you know, no, this is my spot, kid. Or, you know, just, you know, try to cock block him. Yeah. But, uh, and, and, you know, that's when... Yeah, that was around the first you know time of maybe his third or fourth retirement, and then um, you know actually to uh, get to share a moment. I mean, like he he was a main event of uh, the semi main event and main event of ECW's first pay per view, and I managed Stevie Richards against Terry Funk for barely legal to have that moment, and then the night before we had the uh, Terry Funk banquet. Not the old uh, Marriott, which is now like a double tree, but uh, um, to stand there next to Terry Funk and be able to give a speech, you know, it, it, it's funny. It's like if you go on YouTube and look at that footage from the Terry Funk banquet, you know, when we got there, I was sitting at the table and uh, having dinner, and Joey Styles comes up and goes, uh, You want to say something about Terry? I went, you want me to go up there and say have, say something about Terry Funk? Me? And um, he's like, yeah. I was like, I, he's like, well, if you think of something, let me know. Okay. So I go up there with Stevie and Nova. And uh, I hadn't planned on it, anything. And, um, yeah, Stevie said something. Nova said something. And then, um, you know, I, I, on a, you know, out of nowhere, I just um, said, fuck, I'm going to say something, right? And I feel bad for Stephen Nova because they started to walk away. And I go up to the mic and everybody kind of laugh. I was like, guys, I'm sorry. But uh, I explained to the audience just as, you know, uh, I am right now. You know, you know, Joe Styles asked me to say something about Terry Funk. And I was like, oh, uh, wait what is there to say about Terry Funk that hasn't already been said, you know? Yeah. And, um, it was a very cool moment to be a part of Terry Funk's history. Uh, to, to be able to say he was a friend, 
Um, you know, you see them here and there in the passing. Uh, we had a really cool moment. We did both did the uh, gathering of the juggalos mm. and um, like the, the, we did the, the one night and then uh, we went go back to the hotel and I go over to his hotel room cause I wanted to get his book forever hardcore. And um, we're just sitting there talking. It's like, man, he opened up the book and read, 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 uh, read this, I uh, read it. And he, he wrote a dedication to the jobbers, you know, mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the guys who, you know, if there weren't, weren't the jobbers, you know, there would be no stars. So, and that's the kind of guy Terry Funk was, you know, he just, you know, he made everybody mean something. He treated everybody like an equal, even though there's people in the business who probably haven't done a quarter of what Terry Funk has done. They treat people like shit, which I don't get. But um, and it was cool to have, sit there and have that moment with him. You know? And then you see him. Uh, the last time I saw Terry was at uh, an Icons of Wrestling convention uh, at DCW Arena. And just went over and sh- you know, shot the shit with him and, you know, reminded him that I loved him. And, um, and that was about it. And then, you know. He was supposed to be on Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore show that night. And uh, he, he, he medically wasn't allowed to even set foot in the fucking ring. Oh, wow. Like he, uh, some, something medical. I don't know what it was. Even if I knew, I wouldn't say. Yeah. But, um, you know, Dreamer went out to address the crowd and let him know. And Funk was supposed, Terry was supposed to just come down, stand at ringside and say something to the crowd mm-hmm. so they at least said you know terry so they was here terry, right yeah you know just so you know terry can it you know address the crowd and terry gets in the ring and dreamer's like what the fuck are you doing you know <laughs> look oh what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah terry got in said his promo and you know that was about it but um I'm I'm I'll forever be grateful for Terry. Um, you know, just the kindness he showed me when he didn't have to. I was only in the business a year and a half when I went to ECW, and me, you know, just sweet as can be. Um, and Bray, you know, um, I met him. I went to a SmackDown maybe 2015. And uh, we, me and Bray have a mutual friend named Jesse Cage, who is a uh, disc jockey in Tampa. And uh, I go up to him, I say, hey, we have a mutual, you know, a good icebreaker is always to mention the mutual friends. Hey, me and you have a mutual friend in Jesse Cage. He's like, oh, you know, Cage. You know, and we just hung out and bullshitted and talked for a bit. And I, I told him I admire his, his bravery for wearing white pants. <laughs> And I was like, man, you are a brave man to be wearing white pants in the wrestling ring. I was like, one bad bump. Yep. And then it, it looks like you're looking at a clips through a piece of cardboard, you know, it's just a little, <laughs> little brown spot, you know, which it, it popped him. Oh, he, man. He, he told me another story, which I half remember, so I won't even try to butcher it. But, uh, 
and we just talked and we, uh, we exchanged numbers and over the years. We just kept in touch. And, uh, like, Hey man, just thinking of you. Hey man, hope you're doing well, you know, on Twitter and, you know, phone and stuff like that. And, um, last time I talked to him, he, uh, it's when the Eagles were in the fucking playoffs and, um, he sent me a random text, bro, you in Philly? I was like, yeah, what's up, man? Didn't hear back. <laughs> and then, uh, then he hits me up randomly. He said, Hey, uh, sorry for the delay. I was trying to get in the, in the town. And I didn't realize there was a game of, it was like the fucking terror dome down there. <laughs> yeah, talking about the Eagles fucking, uh, tailgate, you know, cause it was the uh, Eagles 49ers game. And oh yeah. It's like, dude, I wish you, you would have told me I would have had to just come tailgate with us. Oop, let me silence my phone there. Um, I said, bro, I would have, you know, had you come uh, tailgate. Oh my God. You know, that would probably be would, amazing. Oh, it would have been a great time. And, uh, that was the last time we talked. And, um, it's, it's a shame. Uh, but I always make sure, like, you know, of course, you know, um, you've been talking to other people, you know, just messaging like, holy shit, what the fuck? You know, we're, we're you know, we're, you know, us wrestlers, you know, in our tight knit community, uh, the ones, you know, I've known forever, you know, and we're just like in shock, you know, you know, it's, it was horrible to lose fucking Terry, but you saw it coming, but fucking Bray, man. Just uh, a blink of an eye. Just one day, you know, this afternoon, me, I you know, learned about Terry's death, went to McCusker's, had a beer, did a toast to Terry, uh, you know, told, told, told Terry Funk stories to people at the bar who really aren't wrestling fans, but they know I'm a wrestler and I was, you know, just telling them funny stories and showing them funny videos of Terry and come home and, you know, have another like a couple beers and showing Mrs. Meany some Terry Funk stuff on YouTube. You know, there's a lot of stuff she hasn't seen and, you know, and the stuff, and she went down a deep, dive today on the uh, dumpster match with the and new age outlaws and shit like that. So oh, you wake yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, me and her, she, she wants me to watch it because she, she watched that fucking thing like the Subruder film. <laughs> <laughs> I love She's it. She's like, there's, they pushed him over and there's like four minutes of just nothing going on. And people just standing around. It was just yeah, it's like, all right, let's watch it. We haven't watched it yet. We'll watch it later. But, you know, we had a day, you know, I'm pro- I'm still processing Terry. Yeah. You know, we went out, we, we had some lunch, still talking about Terry and, uh, went and went to the supermarket, got some stuff, you know, the, like for snacks, just to chill out and hang out tonight. And I'm getting ready for the show. And I looked down my phone, and I see Triple H just tweet. I went, first of all, I went, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And then I went and fucking went directly account to make sure it was his fucking account, not some fucking 
you know, cause anybody could get a fucking blue check mark now. 7.7 million followers. All right. This is fucking legit. And then you start looking at other people's posts and, you know, fucking Goldust is, and Dustin's posting, everybody's posting and you're just like trying to process it. 36. 36. That He's a baby. He's a young pup, man. Young fucking pup. And he hadn't even hit his fucking full fucking stride yet. Just... It was only just beginning, you know, you know, he had a little speed bump with the uh, Husky Harris, you know, and then he went back to, you know, Florida, re- reinvented himself. And then he came out with, you know, the Wyatt family, which was fucking phenomenal. You know, probably one of the best ring entrances and ring songs in wrestling, you know, something so metal, mellow, so, so beautiful, so simple. And then he, you know, like any good artist, evolved, you know, and, you know, the Y family evolved and stuff like that. And it's fucking brutal. Um, just, uh, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking just because, you know, he never really truly reached his full potential. I, you know, I believe there was so still so much there and I don't, you know, he hadn't been on TV in a while. He, he, last thing I saw, you know, him on social media, me, I think he tweeted rest in peace to the iron Sheik, and, uh, retweeting some stuff. But in my mind, he had just gone away. So when he comes back, it's a big surprise, you know, just, that's the, that's the smart thing to do. You, you know, you can't, they can't miss you if you don't go away. And I think he was just was going away for a little bit. So, um, my heart goes out to his family at this, you know, you know, wrestling, you know, he was, he third generation, yeah. his grandfather, Blackjack Mulligan, who probably had a million matches with Terry Funk. And then, you know, his father was, you know, Mike Rotunda. And then he had the coolest shoot fucking name. Window, his name was Wyndham Rotunda. Right. <laughs> like, can't get any doper than that, right? I legit thought, it's like, nah, is that really? I was like, yeah, that's his, that's his fucking name. Fucking brilliant. God, you know, God bless. That's awesome. Hello, I'm Wyndham Rotunda. <laughs> name of one of the coolest tag team, best tag teams uh, ever, you know? But, um, you know, rest in peace, Terry Funk. Uh, rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. I'm still fucking, I'm still like looking at my phone just to see if it's fucking true. Yeah. You know, this, you know, you know, somebody tell me this is a fucking sick rib. Yeah. No, I'll be mad, but hey, he's, he's he would still be with us, right? Even if it was a shitty fucking practical joke. But uh, as of right now, it's it's still real. <sighs> what say you? You had a cool moment with Bray. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. 
I got it. It's still real, you know, just, yeah. I feel you. Before I came on. <laughs> sorry. No, don't be sorry. Um, so James, my oldest son, is a huge wrestling fan. And um, him and I have bonded over this incredible thing we love for the past couple of years. And he just loved, loves Bray Wyatt. Like, just more than anybody else. Um. And so in 2020, when the world shut down, uh, there was going to be an event somewhere where they were going to do like an in-person meet and greet. And I was like really focused on getting that for him, you know, and uh, they ended up doing these virtual calls where you could sign up. So I had every fucking alert I could set for him. You know, I was like, I'm going to get this for him. It's going to be his birthday present, you know, and uh, it was right. They were going to do it in June, like or early July. So I fucking got on, you know, because they had a limited amount. So I freaking, as quick as I could, I got on the, and it's, you know, it was whatever it was. It was worth it. And so, um, I think they had to reschedule it. Something had happened in, in July or something and they rescheduled it till like September or October. And so James was like, we sat up in his room on his iPad. We got them all set up and he had this really cool two minute conversation with Bray Wyatt and, uh, he was like, you know, he's like, oh, what's your name? You know, and James is just like completely, if you watch the video, it's up on my Twitter right now. Uh, you can yeah. see it. And he's, uh, he's just like the first, like second or two. He's just like, James is like, holy shit. Like, this is unbelievable, you know? And so they're talking. He's like, oh, James, like LeBron James. That's cool. You know, and just, just James, they're just talking and, you know, talking about Ramblin' Rabbit and Alexa Bliss and, and Randy Orton. And James goes, I was like, tell him, man, tell him what you've been doing. He says, oh, you're my, you're my favorite wrestler. Oh, dude, thank you so much. And, you know, the video ends. And so then right after that, around that time was the time that the Goldberg thing happened. So, you know, Goldberg, you know, did a real cool thing for James and got him the tickets to SmackDown in Philly. So my wife and I and, and James went and we sat literally front row, like like hard camera face in the ring. Yeah. And James got to watch The Fiend come out and wrestle Bray Wyatt or wrestle uh, Daniel Bryan, rather, uh, right when they were starting to build towards the strap match. And it was the night that... um Bray got the belt to turn from red to blue with the new universal title. And nice. he was just fucking geeked, right? Like, just like the best shit of his life, right? So, or it was after that. I'm sorry, it was after that, the 2020 thing. So, last summer, you know, he had been released at that point, uh, about a year at that point. So, we, uh, I had, like, kind of just been randomly searching, like, what, what maybe he's doing, like, events and shit. And here he's doing an appearance in New Jersey, uh, for like a meet and greet. So I'm like, well, fuck, this is the easiest thing I've ever purchased, right? <laughs> James, fuck it, I'm calling out of work, I'm taking a day off, we're going to drive up to Jersey and we're going to go meet him. And man, it was unbelievable. You know, like like the coolest thing in the world about being a dad is getting to see the joy on your kids' faces when you do something rad. Yeah. You know, like when you do something cool for them and you do something that they love, it just, man, and he was so cool to my yeah. son, like spent extra time with him, you know, and they're trying to hustle and then they're like, you know, he's like, ah, oh, you know, it's fine. It's fine. And he let that, that big, like Seth Rogen kind of laugh that he had, you know, 
<laughs> yeah. He's talking to James. Hey, what's up, kid? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. So, because uh, at, at between that point, we had met up with Jason Baker, who lives in Pittsburgh, and who did all the Fiend Man. I'm not sure. If you're not familiar with Jason, Jason's a, a world-renowned uh, horror uh, designer, so he does all the masks and all kinds of crazy shit. Um, yeah. There was that movie that just happened with uh, Ethan Hawke with the mask. I can't remember the name of the film. It's Black something. But Jason did that, and he does all the masks to Carmella and uh, Bray Wyatt. So I had Jason on Foundation Radio, and I told him, I said, listen, my son's a big fan. Like, you know, he's like, oh, we'll stop over at the studio, and I'll give him the tour. And so he got to sit there with, like, you know, Ramblin', the actual Ramblin' Rabbit puppet, and he got to see the big design right. from the last uh, WrestleMania that they did when he came out with the Burnt Fiend mask. And got to chat like watch Jason at work and stuff. It was really just a cool experience, right? So we get so we're chatting about that and Yeah. Man, that was just so dope. Like just so fucking cool. You know, and just to just to get the chance to like meet this guy, get to experience this with my son, and just, you know, James talks a lot. He's like his old man. He just talks incessantly. <laughs> and to see him just at a loss for words and just so excited. And um so, you know, it's just, just a wonderful experience, man. And getting that news today was like a punch in the face, you know, like it really, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, you know, he's younger than me. He's got kids. Yeah. He's got, a, yeah. I think three or four little kids uh, at the top of the, you know, literally hitting like what I feel like could have been the next stride for him. Yeah, hadn't even gotten started, and, and and has already done so many amazing things in his career. And uh, it's a shame, man. I find myself a lot going back to the Firefly Funhouse match of 2020. I know everybody has their own opinions about the fucking performance performance and the PC era and the Thunderdome era, but there was look, man. I yeah. mean, it, it was weird, right? Like it was weird. It was a weird time in the world. We get it but there was a lot of really good shit that came out of that, right? Like not just the fucking tribal chief stuff, but like, yeah, for my money, I would say that the Firefly Funhouse match was probably the best, like, what do you want to call it? The, 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 uh, cinematic match or any real story yeah. thing, like, like that kind of packaging. They've never been able, I don't think they've, they've done anything like that before. And I don't think they'll ever be able to top anything like that before or after rather. Yeah. It was so good. I mean, just like movie quality level shit. And that was all from Bray and all from John. And like, they were so, they were like partners in that. And I find myself going back to that a lot, watching that a lot. And yeah, um, yeah dude, it just, it's, it's hard when someone dies in general, but someone's so young. Yeah. And... Yeah, I texted you before I came on. I had to figure out a way to tell James, and it was just like, man, how do you break that news to a little kid? You know, like, a, hey, man. Mm. So he's... Um, I don't envy that task. He's just crushed, man. And then, you know, it just, like, breaks my heart for his kids. Yeah. Grow up without their dad. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Shit, man. Normally, this is the part of the show where I apologize for getting emotional, but I feel like it's okay. Nah, man. This is, uh, 
This is a process. I mean, we literally just found out right before recording. This is airing on a Monday, a few days after the news. I mean, this is a Thursday. We're doing a special tape on a Thursday night. You know, there's still Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So people hearing this Monday need to realize that we found out about this about 30 minutes before. Literally, I can... I can pull up the the message, the timestamp you sent me. So we, you sent this to me at six thirty six. Right now, as we're recording, it's eight oh two. So about an hour and a half ago. Yeah, and man, fuck. We're 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 we're, uh, we're processing this in real time, out loud. So the only other person I talk to is you know Mrs. Meany, and you know you text with people like, holy shit, is this real? Yeah. You know, that's texting, but to, to, to say, talk about it out loud as, as, as if it's a real thing and not just a thought. That's a whole nother fucking ball of wax. You know, he, uh, he was talented, man. He, he was always doing stuff. Like even when he was in WWE, he was financing like a movie project that, you know, I was, I was following on his YouTube. He was putting out like many, I don't know if you want to call them trailers mm. or yeah i remember you sending me that yeah clips pop things and uh I, I have to go back and check that out and watch that chronologically and to see if the, if he ever finished it because i think he went back to wwe and i don't think yeah. ever really got finished but he was always doing something creative you know Talent. much like terry Falk, who yeah, you know, Dreamer. Dreamer would tell me, you know, Dreamer would say that, you know, Terry would call him with up with I, random ideas to do. <laughs> and, you know, you know, Terry's always, you know, thinking of stuff to book and stuff like that. And Terry was super creative. I mean, uh, shit, he he did movies too. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, Ray was, you know, making. His own movie, I'm sure he financed it, but like, you know, Terry was, you know, doing stuff in Hollywood, you know, as far as back into the 70s with, you know, uh, Paradise Alley. And then he did a bunch of Stallone movies. I think he did Roadhouse. Roadhouse was the one that came to mind initially, right? Yeah, uh, well, I'm a little bit older, so I remember Paradise Alley, but I didn't see it when it came out in (laughs) 78. So I was five. Um, But... Yeah, I eventually saw, and then somebody posted a, a clip last night of Terry Funk and uh, Sylvester Stallone on the Mike Douglas show back in the wow. like, seventy eight. It was so cool, and then they show uh, Terry's audition. You know, Terry was talking about his audition tape where he goes, "Sylvester Stallone, you're a dirty egg sucking dog," and Sai <laughs> goes, I, "I think you're being a little. Uh, you're not really putting over, you know." And then they, I forget the word he used, but he's like, here's the audition tape. And then Terry Fox is like, Sylvester Stallone, you dirty, ugly, perverted, egg-sucking dog. And the crowd just pops, and it's like amazing shit. And then, yeah, man. That's the thing, too. Sylvester Stallone loved Terry Funk so much that he made sure, you know, Terry always had some kind of work. Yeah. Either in the movie as an actor or a stunt coordinator. So Terry could get health insurance. Through wow. Cause uh, Terry, you know, Terry was working for Stallone. Terry was available to get, uh, 
SAG. He jo- he joined the, the actors union. Oh yeah. And, uh, he he was able to get the SAG health insurance. And I kind of learned this because you know there was the uh, Terry's working in Philly for XPW. They were doing some angle where he had to break a bottle, and the the glass you know bounced off and like sliced his arm real bad. He had to go to the hospital. He's like, "It's a good thing I had that SAG insurance," you know. I just talked to him about that. But uh, yeah, Sylvester Stallone, you know, I'm waiting to see if he uh, comes out and. Um, if, if he comes out and acknowledges, you know, gets, has a little tribute to Terry, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, between the last two days of just Terry Funk tributes and today, um, it's going to be a, a good couple of days between Terry and, and Bray for me to just find my sea legs to just feel normal, just because yeah. they're birds of a feather, man. They're both creative guys, you know, you know. Uh, Multi-generational talent, you know, Terry Funk, second generation, Bray, third generation, you know, his great, his grandfather and Terry probably rode down the, the roads together. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Uh, you know, they probably bonded, you know, a lot, you know, and I'm, well, I can't say, that. I don't know if they've ever met. I'm sure they did, but I don't, you know, but they probably had a lot in common than the burden of being the son of a, you know, uh, an accomplished wrestler, yeah. stuff like that. But, um, and, you know, you know, uh, today a lot of people are posting uh, photos of Bray with Brody Lee. Yeah. And that just hit me like a whole nother sack of bricks to the face. And uh, I know it's, it's sad that, you know, Bray never really got over to death of Brody Lee either, you know, when uh, Brody passed, you know, Bray's like, you know, we were supposed to grow old together and be two old men on the porch, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. You know, you think of how brilliant that uh, the Wyatt family was. Yeah. And two fourths of, Two fourths of two fourths of them. Are, if you, you know, if you want to, you know, count Braun Strowman, which I do, of course, uh, and uh, Eric Redbeard. Um, the shame. One of one of the the best things to happen in wrestling in the last couple of years. That yeah. that faction, and uh, two of the guys are no longer with us, and well before their fucking time. You know, I, I do. I remember when Brody Lee first came out. Yeah. I was doing the, ended up in upstate New York for uh, 2CW. And he was a young, and Brody Lee was this young kid. And then you see him at like Jersey All Pro and doing a whole bunch of stuff. And he wound up being partially trained, I think, by a guy I broke into business with named Rick Matrix. Mm. So I saw him kind of bonded over that, but. Another incredible talent, Brody Lee, you know, paired with Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Young, fucking young. I'm 50, man. 50, I still feel young, you know? Yeah. But, you know, you go back and think, what was I doing at 36? You know, just, 
and you know everything they could be doing that's it's so much he worked so smart too he didn't do anything crazy he just you know he wasn't doing a million bombs or he was working really smart like Mm -hmm. he was putting he was putting years on his career the way he worked and i admire that and um it's horrible i just um you know, I'm going to sound like a fucking broken record here, but, you know, um, very fortunate to live in an era where I got to see you guys like Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt put on, put out some of the, the best, what's the word content. I'll say the best content. Yeah. You know. Yep. It's, uh, we're lucky to have lived in the timelines that we, we do. Yeah. Um, I remember being, you know, I, I remember hearing about Terry Funk when I was young, you know, cause I used yeah. to pick up PWI from, which I've told, I think I've shared before at seven 11, right. We would walk to the seven 11 from my house in Levittown. There was one right up the corner <clears throat> and I would pick up the wrestling with the WWF magazine from it. And I pick up PWI. Um, and I would, cut out all of my favorite wrestlers and shittily tape them on my bedroom wall. And, uh, like just literally crudely sometimes ripping the pages out. Right. And I remember seeing photos of Terry Funk and then it wasn't until like ECW that I really got to know, you know, and then Chainsaw Charlie in, in, in WWF. Um, but seeing him in, in ECW was just such an experience, you know, watching him, and I knew, I, I kind of like, I didn't, I guess maybe I didn't really understand how big he was, you know, like I knew he was like a dusty level guy, right? But knowing that him being there meant so much to you guys and helped you guys, I don't want to say add legitimacy, but it was like, it was a stamp of approval. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It was like, he totally, he totally made us legitimate. It was like, Terry Funk's here. Like this guy is top level you know and yeah watching him win the title and it was just it was it was dope you know and what and and just and being like okay like this is this is really where it's at i really like watching ecw and then watching bray wyatt you know in the same in the same lifetime you know like yeah it's it's wild man and and i and Getting to experience, like, you know, because the Wyatt family was super dope to watch. Like, I love, I really love the psychological stuff in wrestling. That's really what gets me. I'm a story guy. I love that shit. And uh, the Wyatt family was just some of the best stuff of that era. Maybe the best stuff of that era, right? Yeah. And, um, but getting to experience The Fiend live that entrance, the aura, the feeling. I mean, he was that music. The music and the lights. I mean, he was that fucking character. Yeah. You know, he walked by us in the front and James, you know, who loves the character. You know, I mean, he was just like, nope, I'm good. Like <laughs> get close to him, you know, and carrying a lantern of his own head. Of his head that was stra- I mean, dude, like the the levels to this shit, right? Yeah. And just again, just experiencing that in person was man twice nonetheless in, in, in the matter of four months, you know? Yeah. Um, cause that was the last show we went to. We went to a house show in, um, Allentown. I think it was, um, Oh, okay. Right before 
WrestleMania. So it was like the very last thing that the very last live show they did March 7th, 2020 before they like closed the world. Cause I think they did a raw or like reverse. Maybe it was a SmackDown and then a raw and then they shut everything down. Yeah. And, uh, there was a double main event. It was Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. And then it was Bray Wyatt as the fiend with, uh, Daniel Bryan. And man, it was just what an experience, man. What a, what a loss. Not just for wrestling, but like for both of them. I mean, it's just just a loss. Like just, it's, yeah, it's tragic, man. And there's there's not a there's no good way to like end this. There's no good way to like transition or you know like it's just it's. I might even I might and tack at the end of this episode after we're done talking. I might tack the audio of uh of James and, and Bray Wyatt talking because it's just oh, it's just so dope man it's just such so, a watching that video is like watching a kid experience Christmas morning you know and you did the ultimate thing as a as an awesome dad and, and gave him that experience much like how my grandfather gave me experiences you know by taking me to wrestling as a young kid because I didn't know my dad my dad split before I was even born, you know, and that kind of fucked me up. But, uh, my grandfather took me on and anybody could be a dad, but it takes a real man to be a father. Yeah. And, um, my grandfather was a father to me. So he would take me to, you know, WWF, my, you know, one of my first WWF shows at Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic city. And then took me to AWA and, uh, at Trump, uh, Tropicana. Then we would go to, you know, Philly for the bashes, you know, when we're living in Lake city. So I appreciate what you did for your son, the way I appreciate what my grandfather did for me. And, uh, it's, those are memories that you, you can't put a price tag on, you know, no. they're worth their weight in gold and they're documented. Yeah. He's going to have that forever. Like he's always, yeah. and the photograph and, kept the ticket stub yep. from the went day met him. And cause I had already gotten him a signed photograph from, I don't know, it was a couple of years from the, the shop, you know, it's just, it's got it framed in his room. It's a big picture of the fiend. And, yeah. um, I appreciate you saying that, man. That means a lot to me. Oh, it's um, the truth. It's the fucking truth. He, uh, talks about it. We talk about it all the time, man. He's been waiting yeah. and you know, it sucks too, because it's like, we've been talking about, you know, cause there's been reports of him potentially coming back and, you know, I know he was really yeah. sick and, James is like, do you think he's going to come to Mania in Philly? Do you think he's going to be there? I don't know, bud. Like, listen, I know a lot of, like, I know people, but, like, I don't know that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then one day, they gonna, they're going to keep that shit tight. Well, lipped. also, too, brother, do you think I'm going to tell you? <laughs> if he's coming back, right. I'm going to let you be let you pop, right? With everybody else. Yeah. But the, the, the thrill is you watching him experience yeah. these things. Because, oh, my God. Because we're jaded. Right. We're jaded. Yeah, we're yeah. just, we're just like, like yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, and I, I actually, I think yeah. I have it. I think I have the video of him. I recorded his face when uh, Bray came back at um, Extreme Rules in Philadelphia. And, yeah. Um, man, he was like, oh my God, he's back, you know, and he's just fucking geeking. Like, Can we watch the match again? Can we watch the entrance and blah, blah, blah? I don't, I don't want to watch Riddle and, and Seth Rollins. I want to watch Bray come back, you know? And, yeah. Man, it's just. Fuck, dude, this sucks. Really, just it does. It's no a good way to end it, man. I just no good way to transition out of this, and just the best thing we could do is just pray for the families, keep uh, the families in our thoughts. Uh, 
you know, if there's a way to send positive vibes to the family in any way, yeah, let's do this. And, um, I mean, just wait for the, the, the reason why Bray is no longer with us, you know, just, it's so sudden, so young, yeah, you know, and again, I don't want to fucking speculate. No, no, we won't do that. We don't do it's, that here. Yeah. That's a shitty thing to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's no really way to put a bow on this. Um, Rest, I mean, just, just like, just the shits, man. Just genuinely the shits. Like, the fucking shits. Both of these things. Both of them are yeah. the shits. And I, as a matter of fact, uh, I, I just say let's just call it here. Call it here, and yeah, like don't even read our plugs. Just um, you can hear that on the uh, next episode if you want to. If you and, yeah, and you yeah, go back and course. listen to the archive, but yeah, but uh, rest in peace, Terry Funk. Thank you for all you did for me for wrestling. Um, thank you for your kindness and rest in peace. Wyndham Rotunda, uh, the human, not, you know, I'm, I'll miss the character, but I, I'll miss the human too, because the human was very cool and very kind to me. So, uh, thoughts and prayers to the family. Um, thanks, Bray, for making my kids so damn happy, man. Yeah. Thanks for just making his life so much fun. Thank you for the characters that he gets to draw all the time mm-hmm. and gets to act out and all the cool shit, man. Like, just thanks for making him so happy. And most importantly, like, giving him and I a reason to bond way more than maybe we would have been able to without it. And I'm always going to remember the kindness and the time you took with him because man, he fucking talks about it every day, talks about it every day. So for the blue mini, I'm Adam Bernard. Thanks for listening and uh, join us again as we take a trip every week through the mind of the mini. Rest in peace. What's up? What's going on? Hi, buddy. What's your name? James. James. Like LeBron James. That's cool. What do you want to talk to him about? Go ahead. Go ahead. How's Ramblin' Rabbit doing? Who? Ramblin' Rabbit? Rabbit? Is he your favorite? Mm -hmm. Is that your guy? He Mm -hmm. is. He's a crazy one, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I wish I brought him with me. It would have been more fun, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have time. I forgot him. Is there anything else you want to ask? What do you want to ask him about? Go ahead. Um, ask him about going to Monday Night Raw. What's he going to do? What are you going to do on Monday Night Raw? I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be a whole bunch of new people I've never been there with. You know, like I've never been around Drew McIntyre before, so right. it's it's pretty exciting. <laughs> it's pretty we exciting. And what do you think of Alexa Bliss? Yeah, what do you think about that? She's going on with the Fiend. What do you think? That's pretty cool. cool. Huh? That's pretty. Yeah, cool. you like it? Yeah. 
Because I can get rid of her if you don't want me to have her. I'll get rid of her. Just tell me. <laughs> you want to get rid of her? <laughs> yeah, he's thinking. <laughs> think he's going to fight with Drew McIntyre? He's going to beat him, right? What do you think? Do you think you're going to battle I, um, Drew McIntyre? I've never lost to Drew McIntyre before. Never. I'm undefeated against Drew. <laughs> he's going to beat him for sure. That's, that's yeah. I think, yeah, it, it'll be a good one, though. Hopefully, if we get to that, you know, I probably got to go get Randy Orton first, though, don't you think? Oh, yeah, he's going to stop. He, him. he deserves it, right? Oh, Johnson, Randy. right? Yeah. <laughs> you say, Bray Wyatt, tell him what you want to say. You're my favorite wrestler, dude. Thank you so much. I'm about to lose you. It was grand to meet you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>